Welcome to my podcast. It's called Past Lives A to Z. This is my second episode, and my name is Douglas Casimiri. I'm an author, speaker, and a past life regression facilitator. If you have ever had an interest in past lives reincarnation, then you have come to the right place. Just sit back and listen. You won't be disappointed. I will share with you true past life stories of individuals. And also invite questions. We'll answer them on the podcast. My email address is Doug at PositivePastLife.com. My website is PositiveLife.com. My goal for my podcast is to expand your understanding of the spiritual universe, how it works, and how past lives affect our present lives. First, before we get started, I want to read to you a daily message from my book, Live Your Life in Awe. It's a calendar book the 365 Simple Messages of Wisdom. The goal is to read one message every day. The same message will have a different meaning to different people. Some will have a profound effect on the way you look at life. My message of the day is, all you need is an intention to move from a problem to a solution. Before I get into my past life stories, I want to talk a little bit about karma. For those who don't know, Karma is a Sanskrit word that means action. Karma describes the connection between our actions and the resulting forces as follows. Good, positive actions lead to good, positive results, while negative actions lead to negative results. For every event that occurs, there will follow another event that was caused by the first. The second event will be either pleasant or unpleasant, depending on its cause. People feel that if something bad happens in this life, they must have done some terrible in a past life, and now it's payback time. Remember, karma is not bad or good. Karma is the basic law of karma and effect, cause and effect. Sorry, the Bible says, "What we reap is what we sow." So be mindful of what you sow. It is our attitude that makes karma a positive or negative force in our lives. Karma is not there to punish us. It is not there to teach us to live in harmony with the universe. We have no control over karma. But we do have control over the cause that we set in motion and the attitude in dealing with that effect. Karma is a natural law. There's no higher instance, no judgment, no divine intervention that steers our destiny. Only the law of karma itself. It works on a universal scale. Karma has no expiration date. Karma is like the baggage we carry around with our souls from lifetime to lifetime. And that baggage never gets lost until we deal with it. That means we carry it around until we deal with it over and over again until we get it right. Some believe that no one in your life from your mother to your spouse, to your hairstylist, is a coincidence. Everyone in your life is placed strategically for a reason. While you have free will to walk away from or remain with a certain person, karma overpowers free will. This means the direction of your karmic relationships will play out as planned despite your efforts to change it. To think about why these people are in your life and what they have come to teach you. One of the interesting things about karma is that it often causes us to reincarnate in a reversed role. That means that your parent may have been actually been your child at a former life. 
Then, before reincarnating into this present lifetime, the souls agreed to change roles. Souls switch genders also. Positions shift throughout lifetimes based on karmic need. Karma will keep on repeating itself. It's trying to teach us to change direction, to take different actions for different results. If you are attracted to the same kind of person in your life repeatedly, it's time to stop and ask you, why? You must recognize that you have to change your behavior to change what outside is outside of you. There are 12 laws of karma which we will discuss next week. Now back to my stories. Jenny was an ordinary homemaker and the mother of two lived in New Hampshire, England. Over a period of a few years, she not only came to believe that she had lived before as Mary Sutton, an Irish woman who was born in 1897, but she also found she still had children living in Ireland. Her story starts with her fourth birthday. She began to remember her past life. For a long time, she wouldn't tell anyone because she believed that everybody had the same feelings and experiences. The most vivid of the memories was a disturbing one. She dreamed of her death, or should I say, Mary's death. She was also aware Mary was 35 years old and had just given birth to her eighth child. She could see the hospital where it was all happening. Mary had strong feelings of deep sorrow that she was leaving her children without a mother and the feelings never left. In addition, after having these feelings for a long time, Jenny decided to draw a map of where she believed this had happened. She knew that it was in Ireland. Mary had felt so bad for leaving her children, Jenny realized that she had to go back to Ireland. So she got out a map of Ireland and pointed out the town of Malahide. She just knew this was her hometown. Jenny was still a child, and a number of years later, when Jenny got married and had her own children, the feelings and memories surfaced more clearer than ever. Jenny started to think about tracking down Mary's family in Ireland. Jenny said that if it was going to trace the family, she wanted to make sure it was done right, no mistakes, and not the smallest doubt. It had to be to the right house, the right family. She had to get the names, the dates, and the children's names correct. So Jenny consulted with a past life regression facilitator who would regress her. At the time, Jenny was very much a skeptic. She really didn't believe like carnation or anything that type of psychic phenomena existed. That's what makes the story so incredible. Jenny felt uncomfortable with the whole story and was afraid she would make a fool of herself. After going through regression, Jenny realized that these memories were not going away. She decided to go to Ireland. Jenny looked at the maps she had drawn from her past memory and compared it with the real map of the town of Mahalhide. She was amazed to find the maps were almost identical. There was what she needed to finally commit to going to Ireland. A journey back in time to see if she could find the home and family she left many years before. When Jenny arrived in Mahalhide, which is north of Dublin, she decided to check church records. The records show a Mary Sutton had lived and died in Mahalahide. Some of the eight children had been left with relatives. Some had been placed in orphanages. Jenny wanted to try and find her children or other relatives, so she decided to go to the newspapers and television station, as well as writing all the churches in the area. 
Jenny was shocked when she located the surviving children. Before she met the children, she was questioned on the BBC to make sure that the dreams and memories that she had been having match up with the facts known by the surviving members of the Irish family. Jenny told the researchers facts about the family home, the kind of sewing thread that Mary had used, even small things like the time children had caught a live rabbit in a trap. Eventually, after her interview, she came face to face with Sonny, Mary's son, for the first time. In 1990, Sonny Sutton picked up the phone and listened to the most amazing story he had ever heard. When he finally hung up the phone, his wife said to him, It looks like you've just seen a ghost. Sonny turned to his wife, white as a sheet, and said, I've just been talking to my mother. The rest of Mary's family is not so easily convinced. They wanted to know who Jenny was, why she was doing this to her, their family. They just could not believe this could be possible. The family had been raised Catholic and in complete shock. Mary's daughter, Phyllis Clinton, went to her priest, who told her after reviewing the evidence that somehow Mary was speaking through Jenny as a way of uniting the family. Christy, 72, Frank, 70, Phyllis, 71, Betty, 62, and her brother Jeffrey James, who died in 1992 at age 66, were very unsettled by the whole thing. Jenny knew the pictures that were on the walls, what was in the house, and how it was built. It is unbelievable, said Phyllis. Even though I know it is true, I still find it very difficult to believe. It looks like my mother. Mary passed her soul over to an unborn child who was Jenny. There was a 21-year gap between the year Mary died and the year Jenny was born. It was very unusual that children could be found and collaborate the story. Jenny is a member of Mensa. She is very down to earth and made sure anything she could not remember was not added to the story. Only things that were proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is truly a fascinating story. Born into a normal household, an average everyday woman grew up with the knowledge that it was normal to remember past lives. What is even more important is that after Mary's death, her children were separated and lost contact with one another for nearly 60 years. Jenny Cocklehead did the remarkable thing. She reunited the family and vowed to never be apart again. I'll call this story a trauma remembered. A woman scheduled an appointment with me. She was just curious about why she may have been, or who she may have been in her past life. And you know, most people come to me, come to me for that curiosity, because they want to know who they were. I asked her if she had any irrational fears. She said the only fear she had was swimming in the ocean. I took her through some relaxation exercises, and everything was going smoothly. We explored some past life sources and how they were affecting her present day life. When she complained of sharp pains in her left side of her body, I asked her how long she would have in this pain. She said her whole life that doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. I thought to myself, that may be a past life issue. So I directed her to leave what we had been exploring and go to the point when the pain began. Her body stiffened up and she shouted, shark. She was swimming in the ocean and a shark attacked her and bit the left side of her body. My family on shore dived in the water to try and save me. There was a lot of confusion. I am leaving my body. 
watch them all running around and yelling. This sharp death emphasizes the importance of accepting reincarnation as a likely possibility for the pain. Soul spirit left the body in confusion. A physical pain or abnormally is sometimes carried into a future lifetime body. Also, I have observed the birth marks are frequently on the body in places where death-causing wounds were reflected in a previous lifetime. This case shows the importance of reviewing a client's past life if a client has chronic pain or emotional problems. Once the clients understand the events that happened in her, her previous life, he or she is usually able to resolve, release, and free him or herself of any chronic problems. My next story is, I'll call it chronic pain. It's about a man who came to see me about his chronic back pain. He told me he had been, had been to multiple doctors. They put him through numerous tests. Finally, he had an MRI and still nothing. The pain was so extreme at times that he could not function. The pain medication did not reduce the pain. He was desperate for relief. He told me he didn't believe in reincarnation, but he had tried everything else, and I was the last hope. He went on to tell me he was embarrassed coming to see me and wasn't going to tell anyone about the visit. I reassured him everything was confidential and understand his reluctance to see a past life regression facilitator. Relaxation induction went quickly. I guided him back to the source of the pain. The man said he had been out hunting and inspecting his tracks. He wasn't sure exactly what year it was, but he felt like it was in the 18th century. I hear an animal approaching. It's a grizzly bear. And I'm turning to run. I feel his nails from his paws going deep into my back. I don't know where I am. It's confusing. I'm out of my physical body, and I'm watching the grizzly bear maul my body. It was evident to me that his soul, spirit, had left his body instantly when the bear first attacked his back. I gave instructions to observe the event and to go slowly through a sequence of events to fully understand what had happened. This eliminated the confusion he had retained from the traumatic experience. The pain had subsided almost instantly and mentally he was shocked by the realization of what had just happened. He thanked me for what he called life-changing event. My next client, I'll call it Hates Men, it was a woman that came to see me and she had an irrational hatred of men. We talked for a while and asked her, has anyone in your lifetime ever abused you in any way? She said no. As a matter of fact, her brother and father had always been loving and caring. She found it difficult even to give them father or brother any type of physical or emotional tension whatsoever. She was so highly motivated to find the cause of her problem that her relaxation induction went quickly. I told her to go to the place where this hatred of men began. She said her husband was cheating on her with another woman. I'm not going to put up with it any longer. I see that I have a knife in my hand. My husband and his friends are walking towards me. They are laughing at me. My husband just left the other woman. And everyone knows I'm so embarrassed, I can no longer face anyone. My husband is now walking up to me. I'm thrusting a knife into his abdomen. I feel myself repeatedly stabbing him. There's a sharp pain in my middle of my back. One of his friends had driven a knife into my back. It appeared she had died of this trauma. 
During the chaos and the confusion, her mind had shut down. With the conscious mind and emotions suppressed, what remains is only the subconscious mind and its will to survive. In addition, the subconscious mind records an ongoing experience without judgment or critical thoughts. It doesn't care right or wrong. It is a very little and just records experiences for future use and surviving. The survival mechanism has been one of the most basic aspects of our behavior throughout human history. It is ancient and very simple. The woman could not trust men in her past life and addition was killed by a man in her past life. These made her fear and hate all men in her present life. My client achieved dramatic healing by recalling her past life death and looking at it with a more conscious awareness and understanding. I'm going to call this one Power of Suggestion. A woman came to see me for a past life regression because she had been ha having chronic pain in her abdomen since an operation she had because of a car crash 20 years ago. She had exhausted every avenue with medical profession and no longer could stand being on pain medication. I took her through some relaxation techniques then instructed her to go back to the source of the pain. She described being on an operating table. Two doctors were operating her while she was put to sleep. However, some part of her awareness heard everything the doctors were saying and doing. I told her to listen and repeat any words spoken by the two doctors that were associated in any way with her chronic pain. The older doctor said to the younger doctor, she must have a lot of pain with this. It turned out the older surgeon was training the younger one and he said these words as an opinion. For the older doctor, it was just a passing thought. But for my client, these words translated to an order to experience chronic pain forever. Luckily, the mistaken order to the woman was easily straightened out for her subconscious mind, and the woman's pain had disappeared by the end of the session. The reason past life regression often produces such dramatic results is that subconscious mind is very literal, doesn't know right from wrong, and has no logic. It just follows the programming observed in daily life. It is unable to distinguish between reality and created experiences using imagination. This is one reason affirmations are so powerful and really do bring about change. It is a fact that doctors and staff's comments in an operating room can affect a patient who is put to sleep. In some cases, this knowledge has led to putting earphones on patients. These earphones block out all comments made in the operating room. Also, relaxation music or positive healing statements can be seen to the patient's mind through the earphones. This method of surgery has proven to be very beneficial and it helps patients reduce the complications and healing time. Again, I would like to remind you to please send your questions at all, any question at all, doesn't matter how silly you think they may be, to my email address, which is doug at positivepastlife.com. My website is positivepastlife.com. On the next podcast, I'll be sharing stories and talking more about karma and how it affects our present lives. I would like to end this podcast with a message of love from my book, Whispers of Love. It is also a calendar book with 365 loving messages that provide the emotional support you and your significant other need to help each other stay connected. My message of the day is this. I finally found the one I love and who loves me too, and that is you.
Just a reminder, all of my books are available at Amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. Until next time, this is Douglas Casimiri. Stay positive.